Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope everyone is uh, healthy, happy, and had a great uh, family get-together. If uh, you're anything like my family, you did all your shopping last night, and today you guys are sitting down and having a nice meal quietly and expressing to each other what you're thankful for. I can run down the list of my thankfulness. I'm just thankful that I'm alive today. Every time I get up in the morning, because I can't imagine a day of not breathing. I think we take breathing, you know, we take advantage of the fact, or we take it for granted a lot. Because there are people right now that are suffering just to take a breath, let alone not being able to take one. There are many that are going to say the way our world is today, who really wants to be around, but that's the glory of it. That is what makes us amazing as entities because human beings strive to always fight for good and to make things better. So I guess the yin gang thing may be standing here. So today the news has been kind of dominated about free speech and about uh, the caravans. That's something that I talked about maybe over a week ago where I expressed and I foresaw the threat of these migrant caravans where I told you that here's where the problem lies. It's not them coming to our border and demanding to come in but forcing themselves through and causing a stampede. And then at some point being right across from our border agents that are saying, no, you may not enter. And one of them that is armed will shoot one of them from that. That's all it takes is one of them. And it doesn't even have to, they don't even have to shoot at our people. They just need to shoot up in the air and that's it. It'll be a bloodbath. That is exactly what they wanted. This is why they have the caravan and they're putting women and children in the front. They're literally paying these families to come up there and be in the front line to protect them. Who's them? The criminals, the ones that are driving these caravans. That's who is them. It will be horrific. And you know what's funny? That today and yesterday people started to talk about it. So I'm going to play a little clip that aired on Fox News uh, where Ann Coulter was on it. And they were talking about the caravan migrants and what 
Ann said should happen. You know, clubs won't work. And we'll get into why uh, she made that statement. But like I said, this was always about creating an image that our president, Donald Trump, who is trying to protect you and I, to protect our country, to maintain our sovereignty, and to ensure domestic tranquility, is a vicious xenophobe that kills women and children. This was their plan. This is why Kamala Harris laid the foundation. Because if you guys don't seem to get it yet, is that everything this deep state cabal evil persons that just want control do is lay foundations. They are very meticulous. Remember, before the elections, the minute they got whiff that Donald Trump may indeed cinch the nomination, which would be against all odds, they started to lay the foundation to protect their interests and create this Russian narrative. It started in September of 2016 hardcore, and they backtracked it, backtracked it on documented evidence. They manufactured a story that it occurred from April or March of 2016, literally inserting and manufacturing information. They could have come to me and said, hey, Tori, so how are you doing today? And the person saying, hey, how are you doing today? Could have been Russian. That Russian could have been working for Gru, could have been, you know, someone that worked in Putin's detail. And they just happen to say, hey, how are you doing? And one person snaps a picture of me just saying, yeah, I'm good because we were passing in the airport. Suddenly, Mueller is going to get me. This is what they did. They laid the foundations. They set people up. George Papadopoulos, Carter Page, General Flynn, and a lot of unsung heroes you haven't heard about yet. They are everywhere. And this is what they did. But see, they had so much of this predetermined, I would say, pre-manufactured, and in air quotes, evidence, but they only picked the specific people that they knew would allow them to tap into other people. So let me play this clip before I go any further. With you, what recourse does the Trump administration have in dealing with migrants that are illegally crossing the border while trying to seek asylum? Um, well, I think maybe having firearms would be helpful. That was hilarious. What, they're like British cops? They don't have guns? Do our troops on the DMZ have firearms? Um, this is this is a little more important than protecting South Korea, as important as that is. It's our country. Um, I mean, there are a lot of things Trump could do if he has to, if he's not going to build a wall, which apparently he isn't. Um, he could go a few yards into Mexico, um, have an emergency um, um, military action there. But I don't, I don't think it's going to help with billy clubs. <laughs> well, so, Alan, I want to... So Secretary Kirsten Nielsen said yesterday that there are 500 criminals uh, in, involved or in the mix of the migrants as well as gang members. I want to play some sound for you for former ICE director Tom Holman and get your thoughts on it. Take a listen. 
I was called a fear monger. But you know what? Unfortunately, I was right. Now we're going to talk more caravans come, enter illegally, put themselves in the hands of criminal organizations. We're going to bankroll smuggling organizations. We bankroll drug cartels who control the corridors heading to the border. And these people are put at risk. Women will be raped. People will die crossing the border. Children will drown. People will be misused by these criminal organizations. Like we've seen over and over again last year and a half how many people have died at the hands of these criminals. So, Ellen, to Mr. Homan's point, as well as what Secretary Nielsen laid out, aren't there real national security concerns and, you know, defense concerns at the southern border right now? No, I don't think there's any more concerns than there are at the other border, right? Every day, hundreds of thousands of individuals apply to enter this country. And specifically at the Tijuana port, at least 100,000 individuals apply every day. So an extra 2,000 or 4,000 for the United States to sort to see if they are available for entry or should be turned away should not be a problem for the United States. What? No. Okay. This uh, immigration attorney needs to be quiet right now. We don't need to process any of them. Our country is literally under attack. And it's not with weapons, traditional weapons. It's with humans that are going to be coming in. And kind of like, you know, how I talked about uh, that migrant, that illegal immigrant who was very well trained that attacked a sheriff and then you know two days later the media started to talk about it because here's the thing they all have a plan they give you the news as they wish again we'll circle back to free speech because that's where it falls under so this uh immigration attorney uh needs to really put a sock in it because his job is to make sure that these um migrants that come to our country illegally or legally are allowed to stay. That's his bread and butter. So, like I said, and kind of like what Ann said. See, Ann Coulter, she's a very strong critic of President Trump. And I like that because we can criticize our president. I get why she says, well, you know, he's not going to build the wall. They won't let him build the wall. And they did that on purpose because they wanted this to pan out. This was an additional plan they had in place. Let's make Donald Trump look like a vicious, bloodthirsty dictator. I mean, how will it look on the news when they just show fire coming from our side and they're doing it to protect themselves? I mean, Ann Coulter's right. Billy clubs aren't going to cut it. I mean, look at the police in, in England. They have no guns, no knives, and, you know, they really get beat up by criminals. So if you're out there trying to arrest someone who's just raped someone or stabbed someone, you're more than likely going to be a victim as a police officer because you have no means of detaining them. Could you imagine if our cops during Antifa standoffs didn't have any weapons on them? There would be worse chaos than what we see now. So... Our president is in a really difficult position. Ann Coulter made the comment that maybe he can come out two to 300 yards into Mexican territory. That is what President Trump has been saying. Where are you, Mexico? Why aren't you doing something? Why are you not doing something? That's the thing. Mexico isn't doing anything. And honestly, uh, General Mattis and uh, Nielsen armed themselves and they said, you know, they're going to shoot at us. We need to be ready to return. But apparently 
President Trump has overruled that notion and said no. He doesn't think that the military should use lethal force if it is attacked by the migrant caravan. So what do we do in this position? I mean, honestly, think about it. You've got 4,000 to 10,000 people, depending on how large of a group wants to come at the border at once, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess, and my guesses are always educated because obviously I told you guys that it was going to come down to this over a week ago. So it's probably going to be a large size. I would say maybe six and a half to 7,000 people at least. And they're going to come to the border and they're all going to just run. And they're going to come and they're going to be right by the gate and they're going to be pushing themselves in and climbing and screaming and taking things down just like it did at the Guatemalan border. And then our military and our border patrol agents will be the last line of defense to keep them out of our country by creating a human wall and telling them no. I mean, what what can they do? If they're not allowed to fight back, what do they do? Do they process them and detain them? Do they arrest them? Because here's the thing. If they arrest them and throw them in jail to ship them right back out, then we're going to have... All the propaganda channels, including Fox News, coming down there and saying how atrocious it is. Well, you know what? Our prisons or our um, establishments there don't have the capacity. Like the immigration attorney said, well, you know, they do about 100 of these a day. You know, if it's four, 5,000, they should be able to process it. Can they fit, though? This is where we're going to have pictures of cages or, you know, 10 people to a room or people sleeping on the floor. So then we, that's you and I, our tax money has to be used to buy these illegal immigrants beds and food and shelter. And they need to see a doctor. They need to shower. So they need soap and all these things that we're going to pay for. And then what? So we either let them in, arrest them or detain them, process them, and then ship them out again. This is where we're going to get immigration attorneys coming in by the droves. I guarantee you that we will have more than 500 immigration attorneys ready to go. And they will go where? To the Ninth Circus Court to demand things and to stop us from shipping these people out. So that's the one way. No fighting, detain them, make us look like we're the crappiest nation on the planet because we're treating them inhumanely, because we're not feeding them well enough. Like in Tijuana, they're feeding them for free and they're complaining that they don't like refried beans and this is stuff that you should feed to pigs. Did they expect us to give them five-star quality is what the mayor said. Exactly. So they expect us to give them five-star quality. This is unacceptable. Like, what do we do? Do we not use lethal force? Because if the border is fortified enough, the way they're planning to fortify it and what they're doing right now, where they've barbed wired it from top to bottom, where they have armored tanks, where they have a wall of just military standing by, if for whatever reason that wall does not, with, if that for whatever reason that wall actually withstands 
their aggressive behavior. Because you know what they're doing in Tijuana right now? They're purchasing things to help them get rid of barbed wire. They're purchasing things to help them get over the wall, under the wall, through the wall. Purchasing, right? Where'd they find the money? Question. Hmm? So they're getting all these things. These are reports from local people in Tijuana that they are coming in and buying things from the hardware stores to help cut barbed wire. So let's pretend that our wall is able, the wall temporarily and the fixes that we've put in gets to hold them back. Then what? They move on to their plan B if the wall does not allow them to pass through. That has been revamped. One of them will start shooting. Maybe two or four. They'll be shooting at our people. Our people that have families at home waiting for them. Our people that put their lives on the line every day for us will be shot at. And that's where we as a nation have to make the decision. Do we return fire? Do we use drones to take them out? Or do we just let them shoot? What do we do? Because when they're out of bullets, they're going to start setting fires. They're going to be sending Molotov over. How many days will we be able to sustain that and allow that to go on? I mean, we can starve them out. But again, I ask you, remember, what side of the, 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 the wall are they on? They're in Mexico. What is Mexico doing? They don't care. They just want them gone. These are people that they offered asylum to and said no. But for some reason, the judges of the Ninth Circus Court decide that they should have rights. No, you don't get that. If you've refused asylum from another nation, you shouldn't be entitled to asylum or even have the ability to apply for it in my country. Because if you're declining asylum in another nation that you cross through, then that means asylum isn't what you're seeking. You're just coming to America. And unfortunately, you can't come like that. Because I want to go to other nations. You know, I've always joked about the fact that I want to retire in Argentina. I love it there. The people are great. And now their government, you know, you don't hear a lot about it. They're actually quite solid. Kind of like uh, Iceland. They kicked all of the corrupt clowns out and the people are running the place again. I liked it because it was a place where I could like just sit down and have a coffee and, you know, I'd be a breath away from penguins. (laughs) I've always wanted to go to Antarctica. Uh, That's where my tinfoil hat would get on because I've attempted many, many times to do that and I haven't succeeded yet. Is that something I want to do? I want to see. Is it really there? Is it really this? You know, I'm all about checking stuff out. So what do we do? What do we do when these migrants can't penetrate this wall and start shooting? The president has told them to not use force, even if they're attacked by the people of the caravan. 
this is something, you know, I get it why he doesn't want to do it because I'd be in the same. I mean, you know, when my president says something or um, states, makes statements, right? I think, well, what was he thinking? Would I do the same thing in his position? But obviously, you know, I don't have all the intel he has. But I like to think that I am pretty much clued up on what's going on. So what what would I do if I was Donald Trump? I'd probably say, please don't return fire because they're putting women and children in the front. So the first two rows are going to be packed with women and children. And your bullet cannot pass through the first two rows without going through them. What do you do? It's not like our troops can get into Mexican land because Mexico won't allow us to do that. What's Mexico doing? So I think personally that maybe they'll make it easy for them to come and get processed and detain them in what, you know, you'll see the talking heads start saying, oh, they're really bad conditions. They only have one bathroom to every 20 people. They don't have, you know, a specialist rheumatologist to see them. They'll come up with stuff like that. Or they're being fed canned macaroni and cheese, but it's good enough for our kids in public school, but not for them. You know, things like that. Or they only get ivory soap. They don't give them dove. You know, you will hear things like that. Or they're only getting clothes from the Red Cross that have been donated and worn by others. Their mattresses are not plush enough, or they don't get really nice pillows. This is what we're going to hear. And then we just have to wait to go to court to ship them out. So this is going to cost us a lot of money because if they shoot and we don't return fire, that doesn't make us look like dictating, dictators, like a dictatorship, right? It doesn't make us look that bad because then we minimize the risk of actually shooting a woman or a child. But on the other hand, if we process them and detain them, because it's not going to be catch and release, it's going to be catch, keep, and send them back. But once the catch and keep happen, you're going to see 500 and then some immigration's attorneys appear and just claim all of them as clients. And we've got at least two to three years in court. We don't even have enough judges to process them. This is why they said they had catch and release because there wasn't enough time for judges to go through the processes to see if they can be awarded asylum. So one thing I would probably do if I was President Trump is set up a courthouse right there and have like 10 judges all working like four-hour shifts processing them because if they want to send lawyers, I'm going to have judges on standby and we will process them right then and there. There's not going to be a lengthy process. There's not going to be filings. There's not going to be dates to be set. It'll be like, you've come in, you know, Maria and your kid, uh, Joseph. Okay. Then come here. Why are you seeking asylum? Yeah, you know, um, just because or whatever. And the judge and their immigration attorney that's appointed by the left will start arguing why they need to stay. And if the argument is good enough, you know, that immigration attorney may win. If not, the judge will say, hey, you just refused asylum from Mexico. So, no. 
and puts her in another place of detention, which is the you're going back home right now room. And there's not going to be appeals because you know what? If they want to appeal, they can appeal right then and there because we'll have another building that'll take the appeals right away with another 10 judges that are going to be hot racking and pumping these out like nobody's business. Because if the left wants to play, then we need to play their game and beat them at it. That's the way it goes. So hopefully the president has that idea in mind because If I was president, that'd be my idea. I'd say, all right, you want me to shoot back? No, I'm not going to shoot back. I'm going to let them in and I'm going to detain them in building one. And the next day, the first hundred people will go through court. And the next day, the next 150 and then 250. And I will be processing over 500 cases a day and 500 appeals because you know they're going to be appealed, right? And then... By the third day, you guys will be shipped back to your country by a bus, a plane, or ship. I don't care. You're out. And that's the way it's going to happen. They're going to end up being flown back to where they came from. That's the way it's going to happen. And it's going to cost us money. It's going to cost us time. But that's better than them getting away with the satisfaction that they will paint our president as some ruthless, cold-blooded killer. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be throwing full support behind our president for this wall that he really wants to build and not even the Republicans want to build. Because remember yesterday when I played that clip of Laura Loomer, who was the one drowning her out pretending to be, uh, you know, an auctioneer. Well, he is an auctioneer, but he was pretending to auction right then and there. Billy Long. And he's supposedly a Republican. Shame on you, Missouri, for electing a clown like that to represent you. I'll be back in a few minutes and we'll continue. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855- 72978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? 
Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. All right, so we're back. So let's just recap the first half of my hour. I talked about what alternatives we have other than returning fire when the caravan decides that it's going to fire at us because they're saying, oh, there's 500 criminals. You know you need to add a zero to that one, right? So the idea is process them, detain them in one building, and the next morning immediately have them go to a courthouse on site. Because like I said, there is going to be an army packed of leftist immigration lawyers and they can file all they want. We'll have the courts to, to, to pass it through. We'll have a courthouse where they can have their first hearing and then we can have one for the appeal they're going to file. And they could try to pass it through to the Supreme Court. But if that court has jurisdiction, I'm sorry, it's not happening. And one of my listeners texted me saying, doesn't President Trump have 79 judges he's waiting to confirm? Well, it's a little bit more than that, but maybe he can expedite their confirmation. So that way we can let all of these people coming in, come in, detain them, take the heat from the leftist liberal media that's going to tell us how inhumane and how we're not feeding them well enough. Take it. But we're going to process them and ship them right back out. One-way ticket. You know what? We'll even book the plane. Once the plane is packed, filled up, if you're from Honduras, you're going back. If you're from Chile, you're going back. Not like they're running from Chile, but I'm just saying. any From anywhere you are, you are going back. And here's the kicker. They won't be able to come back again. And while we make this process solid, we build this wall to avoid the ones that sneak off in the night, you know, going through tunnels because there's tons of tunnels. We all know that. What was that article that was running around a while ago with a KFC with this tunnel where they would actually bring drugs? This is what we need to do. It's the safest route. It's not the best one because we're going to have a lot of coverage of how inhumane it is to feed them canned macaroni and cheese and how they deserve the best pillows. 
So I think that's the route we should go. I'd be happy to hear from you guys. I finally figured out how to use this phone thing. I know a couple people uh, tried to call in. The number here is 215-867-8255. That's 215-TOP-TALK. You can call. And I'd love to hear from you and banter with you. I think I figured it out now. Now, one thing that I've been talking about constantly is free speech. And I'm going to say it again and again and again. The First Amendment is first for a reason. What happened to my friend and fellow colleague, Laura Loomer, is ridiculous. It was a coordinated effort. Not only was she banned from Twitter, but her Facebook was shut down too. And they think if they silence her, that she'll stop what she's doing. She's not. If they know anything about Miss Loomer is that she will not stop until she succeeds the goal she has put her mind to. It's kind of like me. If I want to get something done, it's going to get done. So, free speech. All these clowns so celebrating how hate speech is now off. How she's so Islamophobic. And I want to revisit this controversial topic. Because, you know, I speak Arabic. I have a lot of friends that are Muslim. I've read the Quran a few times myself. I know a lot about their culture. I know just like in every religion, there are the fanatics or, you know, the extremists. And then there's the peaceful ones that just take it day by day. Because if anyone says that Christianity doesn't have fanatics or extremists, they're lying. I just need to point you to the history books where it was more evident how they used to lash people and cut their heads off because God said so. How the Catholic Church weaponized Christianity in order to get people to submit with the fall of the Roman Empire. So it's not about being you know, an Islamophobe, because then you would say that we're also anti-Semitic in the United States because we don't allow Jewish people in the House or Senate to wear their hats. Because now these women that have been elected will change the foundations of our laws, which is the church is not in, you know, or any religion is part of the house. It's only about the law of the land. But yet we will have so much, so many people up in arms for not letting them wear a hijab. Listen, man, you signed up for the job. And that's the way it is. If you sign up for a job that tells you you need to wear a clown outfit, you can't show up to work without that clown outfit. If you show up to a job that says you can't have your nose piercing in, you can't wear that nose piercing. You signed up for it. You knew what you signed up for. You can't sign up for something and then demand them to change it. When they were running for Congress, they knew that the Jews aren't allowed to wear their little hats. What makes them think that we're going to let them wear their hijabs? I mean, we have Sikhs. Do we? I'm pretty sure we had one that was a Sikh. Did he wear his turban? We don't see them wearing them. That's the thing. I, you know, I really don't think that we have a Sikh. 
I think that's just England because there was a big fuss about it and the British just said, just do it, whatever, who cares? That's probably it. It was England when it happened years ago. But anyway, so yeah, so now we're probably going to get Sikhs and, you know, we're going to have Muslim women demanding that they wear their hijabs, uh, you know, in the house because it's their religion and it's like nobody cares. Your religion is not acknowledged in the house of Congress. You cannot be in the halls of Congress tooting your Lord. You can't sit there and say, inshallah. You can't. You can't. Because that's not American. Just like you can't say, you know, um, whatever else other religions say. I mean, in God we trust is a general form. I think that's something that Muslims can say when they, you know, interpret it in English. That's how it goes, right? Have you ever heard a Christian service in Arabic? It's awesome. And they actually use the word Allah. Because Allah just means God. It's not a special God. It's just the word God. So I've, I've, I've witnessed a, a Christian service in Egypt. And I was like, why are they saying Allah? Allah means God. Well, I thought, nope, it just means God. So they could say, in Allah we trust. No, you have to say, in God we trust, because it's America and we speak English. So I don't understand why you would have to say, praise Allah, when you could just say, praise God, because it's the same thing. This is America. Not trying to be, you know, an Islamophobe, not trying to be racist, but, you know, I, I am a linguist and this is it. Allah is God. You know, uh, some things that people don't know about me is that I've been traveling around the world since a very young age. And my first encounter with the, um, with Islam, it was actually, uh, in Palestine. Mm, I visited Jerusalem when I was uh, 12, 13. I, um, I have family members that are actually, uh, working there as priests, uh, and friends. So I was, you know, I went to Jordan. I went to many places when I was a, uh, when I was a young child. I was very fortunate. Um, maybe that's why I joined the Navy. I had a travel bug from a very young age. But that's where I first came encountered with it. And, it, you know, it, and the Jewish religion, right? Because I've been, I've actually stayed at a kibbutz for a while, too. I've experienced that. Even though I am Greek Orthodox or Eastern Orthodox, whatever you want to call it. But since I'm Greek, it's Greek Orthodox, right? Because give me a word and I will tell you how it came from the Greek language always. But I'm very, very religious. But I'm also taught because I have literal family that are very high up there in the Orthodox church. Metropolitans, um, you know, head nuns that are at Mount Athos. And if anyone knows what that means, you'll understand. Um, and my faith does guide me in a lot of things. And my faith has told me, and what I said yesterday was that your faith is depicted and your, and your culture is, is created by your surroundings, 
Because like I said, the Egyptians would probably not have praised the god of the river, you know, the river Nile. If it was a lake, it'd be a Lake Nile, you know, or whatever. Your environment depicts your foundations uh, and your culture and defines your religion. Your religion is shaped by that around you. It's not independent when founded. Wow, I'm really concerned about what's going to happen when they swear in to the house. Because they will go to court, they will demand to enter the halls of Congress with their hijabs, and people will just have to walk on eggshells or else they're going to be seen as Islamophobes. And that's where I want to see the Jews out there saying, no, 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 I didn't wear mine, you shouldn't wear yours. I respected the laws of our nation to not bring my religion in, and you should do the same. They can't sit there and say, well, my religion is more important. They can't say that, can they? Can they minimize somebody else's religion? I mean, uh, you can't go in there with, like, fishnet stockings and a miniskirt. You can't go in there with, like, blue hair. You have to be respectful. You have to have decorum. You are now a representative of people, of the people, and they're not all going to be Muslim people. So this is going to be very interesting because here's where we're going to have, is this a thing of free speech or is it a religious thing? And religion should not play a part because we didn't give it to the Jews. Why are we giving it to them? So it's going to be very, very interesting in 2019 to see how this pans out. I mean, after all, the rules are set in the house, right? Going back to baby Jim Acosta, who cried about getting kicked out for being petty, rude, aggressive, and demanding. He wanted rules spelled out to him. Well, there's rules already spelled out in the house, so I don't know how they're going to be rewriting those rules without pressure. And you know what's going to be horrid is that they're going to sit there and say that our president is now an Islamophobe because he is suing them back or, the, you know, Congress is going to be suing them back, you know, the Republicans, right, not the Democrats, because they have the majority. So the majority is going to allow this to happen. Interesting, huh? That's something we should uh, kind of think about. Think about what's going to happen in 2019 when these people that have been voted in will demand changes immediately. Changes of things that have been the core and rules of our house since its inception. It's going to be very interesting. What will um, what will come out of it? I don't know. I mean, I think about that. I thought about it today, even though I didn't do much today. My lab was closed today, so all I did was go and pick up tidbits from the supermarket and um, wrap presents because my little girl is so nifty at picking at her presents that every year that I wrap them, there's holes in them. 
So this year, because I order my dog food, because I have a great Pyrenees who I adore online, I will use those boxes. I will wrap her presents and put them in cardboard chewy.com boxes and then wrap that box. So that way she can't poke a hole. And see what it is. Because I've got kids that are stealthy. Like I had to set up a separate proton mail just to order presents for my eldest because she can find everything. I don't know if you guys do that. It's kind of like a race. I think it's like a, a thing we have, which is like, can we find where mom hid the presents or can we guess what she got us? So this year I've been a little bit stealthier. But yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about it when I saw a few things that seemed off, uh, for, you know, Christmas, uh, at Walmart shopping. It was, um, how can I say, uh, very bland or general, but on that note, I will say something. Do you remember how Starbucks last year was like, we won't do Christmas cups again. That's racist. We're just going to do red cups or we're going to do cups where people can draw on them. Do you remember that? How'd that work out for them? Cause they've got some pretty hot Christmas decorations on their cups. So did you see how that, um, you know, we're going to say Merry Christmas again that Trump said in Starbucks. I will know we're not no more Christmas. And how'd that work out? Anybody see that? That was pretty funny. I didn't live too long, did it? Because that drove sales down. People were like, no, man, I want Christmas stuff. You know, it's Christmas. Give me, give me some balls and trees and shiny stuff and tartan and, you know, plaid and tinsel and snowflakes. Don't give me red cups in solidarity of people that don't celebrate Christmas. We've always had Christmas. You know, and a lot of people say, well, there's Hanukkah. We celebrate Hanukkah too. I'm from New York. We have Jews there like nobody's business and they had the most festive areas. Yeah. They would have their, you know, dreidel parties. They were like a legit thing. I don't know if anybody, maybe it was just my circle of friends, but I've went to so many of them, you know, they're okay with that. See back when I was a kid being raised in New York, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know what racism was, you know, it was in the late nineties when I started to see that there was no, not late nineties. I would say early nineties. So 91, 92 that I would see, um, racism. And that was when I left New York, New York was like, you know, no one looked at anybody's skin color or where they came from or what language they spoke. We were okay going to McDonald's and they'd say, how would you like your coffee? And you'd say Puerto Rican and no one would be offended. That's seriously, that's the way we'd order coffee, which means with cream and some sugar, sweet and tan. Why are people so offended lately? You know, when you take the N train, it would be called the rice train because it was filled with people that were from China. You know, you would call, you know, was it the um, F train? Oh, I don't remember. It was a, it was a train, a specific train where it would be, you know, the, the Chinese massacre or something because a lot of Chinese people would jump in front of them to commit suicide. There were things that were not today. If you say that, oh my gosh, you'll probably go to jail. Can't say things like that because they'll be offended. What? I'm Greek. People call me Harry. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I've got eyebrows that'll put a bear to shame sometimes if I don't get them done. 
But that's okay. Because, you know, hey, it is what it is. And then they go down to, well, that's not free speech. No, it's not. It's poking fun at each other. What happened with that? It's okay when these leftist comedians do that. But when you bring that comedy into everyday life, it's suddenly a bad thing. It's suddenly, you're racist. Why'd you say that? It's like, what? And I'm the type of person, and I'll say it, a lot of people may get offended. I have, I came across someone um, who was like, so I was like, so as a black woman, how do you see X, Y, Z? And she was like, don't call me black. I'm African-American. I was like, shut up. Your ass has, oops, I said the bad word. I said, your tush has never been to Africa ever. You probably don't even know genetically what country you derive from. But I can tell you from your facial features, you're probably Ghanaian. Ghanese. She looked at me and she was like, how racist. I was like, why are you wearing African attire? You don't even speak African, know African, or know where you come from. Why are you categorizing yourself like that? Like who said that every person who has black skin is African? None of them have been there. None of them know where they derive from. You're American. You just happen to have more melanin in your skin. That's it. If you don't know where you derive from, why would you identify as that? I guess that's where the identification started, right? And we all then snowballed it. Because in the name of free speech or political correctness. Like when I see these stars going up there as an African-American, stop. No, you're not. You're not. Because we don't see people with extra melanin in their skin only in Africa. No, we don't. We see them everywhere on this planet. Everywhere. But political correctness, right? So, you know, it all comes down to you have to be politically correct. And they've changed our speech through political correctness. What people may find offending, right? It's offensive, so you can't say it. And now that offensive speech, so you correct yourself or you can't say that out loud. You can't order your coffee like you used to. You can't say funny things and poke at someone. You know, you can't call an Italian a guido or anything. You can't do that anymore because that's just not politically correct. Now it's coming down to, oh, you know, you also have to loathe where you're from and just praise everyone else because that's the new thing. And you also have to curb your uh, criticism of others because if you don't, then it's hate speech. So right now, me saying that these women that are Muslim women that have been elected to the house should not wear their hijabs, I am now an Islamophobe. That's how it works. I mean, that's really not correct, is it? None of us are saying you shouldn't practice your religion. You can sit and pray. You know, many times I've said, you know, these Muslims pray five times a day. No matter who, you know, who God is, they're still praying. You know, maybe we're still, the earth is probably still turning because they pray five times a day. They literally pray five times a day. I think that's pretty cool. And it shows commitment. I wish I could pray five times a day if I had that commitment. I mean, I can't even commit to other things like five times a day. 
Like we're supposed to be brushing our teeth three times a day or something, right? Once in the morning, once at night, and then, you know, in between if you can, right? You know, uh, once I'll do it. You know, sometimes I just won't do it a second time. I can't commit to that. You know, I'll forget and be like, I'll just do it in the morning because it's a habit. Just saying. But, you know, this, this, um, curbing of our ability to express ourselves, this curbing of uh, what is allowed to be said or what we can say is, is growing at alarming rates. I mean, there are places where you shouldn't label your child's gender when they come out. Like what? Don't you want to know if you're pink balloons or blue balloons? Nope. It's got to be blank. My child will choose their gender. No. During mitosis, meiosis, all these processes that happen on a cellular level, that's where your gender was determined. You don't pick your gender. But you can't say that either because then that's, what is it? I don't know. You're just racist, I guess. You know, racist is like the word for vanilla. Just racist. How many times I hear it. It's ridiculous. And I'm thinking, what? How am I racist? I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care what you think you identify. I've actually met a person that tells me that they identify as a young child. And they role play at night to be put to bed with a diaper by their partner. I've met someone like that. Have you? Because there's a lot of them. I had a friend who got together with some guy. Well, we're no longer friends because it was super weird. But, you know, this whole asexual thing, it's just like, mm. because I would tell her it sounds like you need help because you can't be one way for 30 years and now suddenly talk about being an energy ball. I mean, it's just maybe you need help. You know, some people meet, well, that's very critical. I love her. She's my friend. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to her. The people I don't tell my opinion to is the people I don't care about. If I care about you, I will give you criticism just like I accept criticism from others. And if I value it, I'll take it on. If I don't, I just remove you from my life because you're just being me. <laughs> on that note, please promote free speech. Teach the people around you how important it is. Always don't be afraid to express your opinion. Now as the holidays approach, these are topics of discussions within families. Maybe you can buy them all. MAGA coffee, Cafefe coffee. It's pretty good. I'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy and sane.